0: Welcome to the Central Vineyard podcast. We're really pleased you've chosen to join us today. Our vision is to be a transformational church community, following Jesus, joining God in the renewal of all things. We'd love for you to join us in person if you're able to on a Sunday morning. If you would like more details, you can visit our website at centralvineyard.co.uk. Yeah, I'm Michelle. Um, I've been away for a couple of weeks, um, so it makes me feel a bit like a guest speaker. But <laughs> <laughs> um, one of those weeks, I was actually with. American Tim, as I'm calling him. Um, And we had the opportunity to go to another vineyard church up in Leicester and just minister to people there. And it was a most amazing time, Um, real sweet time of people (laughs) connecting with Jesus. And so as he's back down this way, he's he's traveling back down tomorrow, um, I thought I'd ask and see if he could come and join us and pray for a few of my friends here, he did say, when I said, "Will you pray for my friends, he did say he'd pray for all of my friends. Um, I didn't tell him, I hope I have lots of friends here. So, you know, I'm expecting you all to come. (laughs) Like It could be quite a long evening. Um, But yeah, Tim did say he would pray for all of my friends. So count yourself as my friend and come along on, on Friday evening. So as I wasn't here last week, I listened to Alan on the podcast as he kicked off our Encounters with Jesus series. If you missed it, do have a listen. Um, Easiest way is to go to the Central Vineyard page um, on our website, and there is a page that lists all the podcasts. It also lists the titles of what's coming up in this series as well, so you can see what's ahead. So the Bible is full of encounters of people encountering God. In the New Testament, particularly in the Gospels, um, we hear stories of people connecting with Jesus, um, both groups and individuals who encounter Jesus in wonderful ways. And our series, Encounters with Jesus, is based on a book of the same name written by Tim Keller. Tim Keller was a pastor, scholar, and author of many books that are simply life-changing in people's lives. Tim Keller passed away two days ago on Friday, um, and it is reported that his final words were, there is no downside for me leaving, not in the slightest. Beautiful words from a man who encountered Jesus on the earth and is now encountering Jesus in all his fullness. I actually cried when he passed away. (laughs) It just made me feel really emotional. So Keller poses this question in his introduction to encounters with Jesus. He says, how can I encounter Jesus all these centuries later? Can I be changed just as these eyewitnesses were changed? He continues, we can best discover the life-changing grace and power of Jesus if we look at what he has accomplished in the main events of his life, his birth, his sufferings in the wilderness and in the Garden of Gethsemane, his last hours with the disciples, his death on the cross and his resurrection and ascension. It is through his actions in these moments that Jesus accomplishes a salvation in our place that we could never have achieved ourselves. Seeing this can move you from an acquaintance with Jesus as a teacher and historical figure to a life-changing encounter with him as Redeemer and Saviour. I believe there is something in each of us that desires a life-changing encounter with Jesus. And even if we have experienced God in powerful ways in the past, there is still so much more for us to know and experience as we press in and ask Holy Spirit to reveal more of Father and Jesus to us. We also get revelation of God through his word so let's pray before we read today's passage. Yeah, Holy Spirit, I ask you to come, that your presence would be with us, that you would speak to our hearts as we hear from your word today. That, and we wouldn't just hear it, but we would be changed by it, that it would lead to us encountering who you are. Thank you for the presence, Lord. Amen. So today's passage is a long one, um, but I think it's really important to read or hear God's word. So I'm going to read the whole thing. Um, I love reading massive chunks of the Bible. Um, I will quite often sit there and read a whole book in one sitting. I know I'm sad, but I just love the big picture that I get from it. Um, so if you have a Bible with you, whether that's paper, paper or digital, please turn to John chapter 11. The words will appear on the screen. If you don't have a Bible and you would like one, please see someone with a lanyard on on the landing at the end of the meeting. We do have someone that, that we'd love to give you. So this is John chapter 11. Verse 1 through 44, as I said, a long passage, and I'm reading from the ESV. Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was ill. So the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. Whoever believes in me, though he died, yet shall he live. And everyone who believes and lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the son of God, who is coming into the world. When she had said this, she went and called her sister Mary, saying in private, the teacher is here and he is calling for you. his hands and feet bound with linen strips and his face wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. So the title of today's message is The Grieving Sisters. Um, But we're going to throw in their brother as well. Um, It seems wrong to not include Lazarus in the mix. So Martha... Mary and Lazarus are some of Jesus' closest friends. They form part of his inner circle um, as they associate with him. He loves them. He considers them to be like family. There's three people, three different personalities, and they all encounter Jesus in different ways. In the book Encounters with Jesus, Tim Keller introduces Martha and Mary by saying, Two sisters, same situation, exactly the same words. But strikingly, Jesus' responses are sharply different. So both ladies, Martha in verse 21 and Mary in verse 32, ask Jesus the same question. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But they don't get the same response from Jesus So let's start with Martha. In Luke 10, where we also see these sisters, Jesus stops at the house of Martha and is welcomed in. And it's not just Jesus who enters the house. His disciples go with him. So that could be, say, 16 people, maybe more. We don't know. Luke 10, 38 says, As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She was very willing to open up her home. And Jesus and his disciples seemed very relaxed there. Martha was busy with preparations for dinner to feed the guests. And we often give Martha a bit of a hard time. We see Mary as doing the right thing, sitting at Jesus' feet. But what Martha is doing isn't wrong. She's different to Mary. Hospitality is a gift. This is the way she serves. And I think it's important for us to remember that we all have different ways of serving God and opening up her home to Jesus and his followers is what she loved to do. Maybe this is where she is most comfortable, where she connects with God in her own way. In the book Sacred Pathways, author Gary Thomas says he created you with a certain personality and a certain spiritual temperament. God wants your worship according to the way he made you. By worshipping God according to the way he made us, we are affirming his work as creator. In the book, Gary Thomas then explains nine different ways that we relate to God. So you get those that enjoy being outdoors. You've got people that like silence and solitude. Um, You see people loving God by how they love others. Um, Or like Mary, um, adoration and just sitting at Jesus' feet, but also with her mind as she wants to know and learn more about her Lord. And so Martha, with her gift of hospitality, is busy. She's preparing food, and she just gets a little frustrated. Verse 40 of Luke 10 reads, but Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. And she came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. I don't think it's that Mary's um, not happy um, in, in what she's doing. I think that she's unhappy that she's doing it alone and she would have liked some help. Martha, as well as showing hospitality, um, has that sense of justice and isn't afraid to voice her thoughts and challenge a situation. You know, she's cooking for what could be 16 people um, and just get Mary to come in and help me a little bit would have been, would have been good. And it's in that way that she encounters Jesus and it's the same when she meets Jesus after Lazarus has died. She, um, John eleven, back to John um, eleven twenty one. Martha said to Jesus, "Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died." Okay, she's challenging the situation. To me, I hear the words coming from her mouth quite sharply, almost in an angry tone. She wants Jesus to hear that she's not happy with him. She trusts him. She believes he heals. And if Jesus had only responded when Lazarus was sick, it wouldn't have got this far. She wouldn't be mourning. She wouldn't be feeling the grief of losing her brother. Anger is a very common emotion in grief, mixed with a whole bundle of feelings. Tristan and Jonathan Collins um, explain in their book, Why Emotions Matter, that anger signals to us when our expectations have not been met. Martha expected Jesus to come, to heal Lazarus. And now she is processing how that didn't happen. I love how Jesus challenges Martha, John 11:25 and 26. "I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live, and everyone who believes, lives and believes in me shall never die." Do you believe this? Jesus brings Martha's attention to b- back to who He is and confronts her by asking if she believes it. And Martha's encounter with Jesus is in the words, do you believe this? Does she believe what he says when he tells her he is the resurrection and the life? Jesus confronts her in what could easily become a moment of self-pity or bitterness for Martha. He brings her attention back, to himself, Jesus, the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. And so we see Martha, rather than battle in the place of her bitterness, comes crashing into Jesus through a moment of confrontation. The encounter of Jesus with Martha couldn't be more different than the way Mary encounters him. Mary's way of relating is much more adoration and wanting to learn from him. In Luke 10, Mary is sat, as many disciples would have done at the time, at the feet of Jesus. This would have shocked most Jewish men. Serious disciples were preparing to be teachers, a role not permitted to women. But here, in Luke's account, of the two sisters, we see Mary hungry for Jesus and what he teaches, a sign of a true disciple. I picture Mary sat there, cross-legged, looking at Jesus, feasting on every word that comes from his mouth, her eyes full of love for her Lord. It is Mary in John 12, chapter 12, the one after um, we've read, who anoints Jesus anoints the feet of Jesus. She carries a heart of love for him. There's intimate, tender moments between Mary and Jesus. And so when she hears of the death of Lazarus, she says to Jesus, Lord, if you had been there, my brother would not have died. The words are not the pointed, frustrated words of Martha. Their tone is so much more gentle and Jesus hears the sadness in Mary's voice. I said that Martha's words were edged with anger, a signal that expectations had not been met. Mary's sadness is a sign that something needed healing. Sadness is the emotional equivalent of pain. In Why Emotions Matter, the author Authors describe sadness as an incredibly vulnerable emotion. Sadness presents an opportunity to invite other people in and deepen the intimacy of our relationships. Shared tears can strengthen emotional bonds. And that's how Mary encounters Jesus. He weeps with her. Psalm 34 verse 18 says, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. And this is very much my experience. I get the tears. Sadness is a heavy thing to carry. When my mum died, I found it incredibly difficult. I went through a number of months where I didn't cry. Everything was numb. I was a bit like Martha. Busyness was a way to cope. When my dad passed away... It was a very different experience. Even though I was four and a half thousand miles away at the time I was living in the States, I was very aware of the presence of Father God with me. So comforting. But I was also blessed by people around me who would sit with me, not saying anything, but allowing me to express my sadness through tears. (coughs) So Jesus relates to Mary's grief here that he weeps with her. He joins with Mary in her moment of sadness. It's a tender, gentle place. Mary, very different from Martha, encounters Jesus in the broken place of her bereavement with beautiful compassion. And finally, to Lazarus. Obviously, he's not got a lot to say at this time. He's dead and buried. Um, But he does encounter Jesus in an undeniable way. The culture at the time was to bury people on the day of their death. They were wrapped in long strips of cloth, placed in a cave with a stone over the entrance to stop animals getting in and to protect the corpse from the weather and the occasional robber. Once in the tomb, the body would be left until all the flesh had rotten away, likely to be about a year. The family would then go and collect the bones in a box and slide them into a slot in a wall. In our account, Lazarus has been dead for four days. Four days doesn't sound long, but with the warmth of the weather, even the spices that had been used to delay the smell, would, not, it would no longer be effective, and the decomposition would have been well underway. This was not the time to go to the grave, roll the stone away, unless you were confident a miracle was about to happen. John eleven forty one through 43. So they took away the stone, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this on account of the people standing around, that they may believe that you sent me. When he said these things, he cried out with a loud, loud voice, Lazarus, come out. These are strong words Jesus uses here. The feeling behind them implies anger, even outrage. Jesus is deeply moved and he makes that known in the words he uses. Lazarus, with the strips of cloth wrapped tightly around his body, so tight that his arms and legs would not be able to bend, is lying there in the cave. His face would have been wrapped so that his mouth wouldn't open. And as he lies there, suddenly he hears a voice instructing him to come out. It's got to have been a bit of a shock. Lazarus was sick, then dead in the darkness of the tomb, and now he's hearing this voice call his name. I imagine him lying there on the tomb floor, and for a moment he's trying to figure out what's going on. And then he realises he's breathing. Maybe his breathing is restricted because of the tight grave clothes around his body, but he's breathing, he's alive, and he's being called out of the grave. He's going to follow that voice, but first he needs to get up. Going from the floor to standing with your legs and arms bound isn't going to be easy. But he does it. Somehow he manages to push himself from the floor, and like a mummy wrapped in bandages, he walks out of the grave. John 11:44. The man who had died came out his hands and feet bound with linen strips and his face wrapped with cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. As Lazarus comes out of the grave, maybe it's his sisters, Martha and Mary, that assist with the unwrapping of him. The man, once bound in burial cloths, encounters Jesus through a command. Three people Three different personalities encountering Jesus in three unique ways. So who is Jesus? Tim Keller says, the founders of every other major religion said, I am a prophet who shows you how to find God. But Jesus taught, I'm God, come to find you. Jesus, God who comes to find us where we are. Jesus, the resurrection and the life, confident in who he is and what he can do. Jesus, the one so strong one minute and so vulnerable the next, the one who weeps with us in our sadness. Jesus, the one who calls us from death to life. Jesus the one who wants to meet with each one of us today. And so if you're able, will you join me in standing? (coughs) What do you need from Jesus today? How do you need to encounter him? Are you like Martha, battling with feeling bitter, frustrated that if only Jesus had done something different or responded quicker, you wouldn't be in the situation you find yourself in? Do you need Jesus to speak his truth to you? Are you like Mary, broken by bereavement, carrying the sadness of loss? Do you need to encounter Jesus in that place of grief and receive his comfort? Or are you like Lazarus, once dead, now alive, but still bound by the burial clothes, still caught by the things of the past? Do you need Jesus and others to help take off the grave clothes? And I think the word that Sam brought at the end of worship particularly relates to that about being a new creation and still living under that old narrative. Do you need to come and let t- Jesus take off those old, those old clothes so that you can live free as a new creation? There's a a lot of things there this morning and I'm sure that many of us can relate to one or more of those things. Um, but this is really a place for us as individuals to encounter Jesus, to have our own encounter with him. And so we're going to make this a space where people can, can encounter Jesus, whether that be Um, standing where you are, or we'll clear some of the chairs at the sides. Um, We have people that would love to pray for you if you're struggling in one of these areas. If you want someone to sit with you, um, and uh, like Jesus wept with Mary, to just be there by your side as, as Jesus comforts you. If you want the help of your brothers and sisters in Christ to ha- take off those grave clothes, I know Sam would be happy to pray. There's a whole bunch of people that would be happy to pray. So if, if you do feel um, that receiving prayer would be um, a benefit to you, please come forward. Um, if there's no one to pray, at the, when you come forward, we will find team um, to come and minister to you. It may be that you just want to sit there for a moment, stand there for a moment, And let Holy Spirit speak truth into your heart. That you've carried bitterness along your life. And now Jesus is confronting you and saying, no more. Let's deal with that today. Let's bring healing to that area that's just kept you bound. And so Holy Spirit, come.